Good morning. It's Friday, May the 1st. We're starting a new book in our Old Testament reading and nearing the end of the Gospel of Luke. So in our Old Testament reading this morning, you're going to be in 1 Kings chapters 1 and 2. And sadly, this is the end of King David's life in chapter 2. But in chapter 1, we still have some drama in that Adonijah, the fourth son of David, tried to usurp the leadership of the kingdom. And David calls in Nathan and um, Bathsheba and directs that they anoint the uh, uh, his son Solomon to be the king, of course. And so that is what takes place as uh, the priest and the prophet and mom are involved in making sure that Solomon is the king. Uh, David dies, but before he does, on his deathbed in chapter 2, he gives some instruction uh, that seems pretty firm. Uh, there are some certain things that he didn't deal with in his life that he wanted Solomon to deal with. So he makes it clear about Shimei. You remember who cursed him on the way out of Jerusalem during the coup and uh, Joab as well, who killed so many people unjustly and David wanted that to be dealt with. So Solomon becomes the king before we're out of the second chapter here of First Kings. And then Luke 22, uh, we're getting into the thick of uh, the week of passion, the, the death of Christ. Peter's denial is taking place here. He's in Caiaphas's courtyard and folds under the pressure of being outed as a Galilean and a follower of Christ. Uh, they blaspheme Christ, which is a word we've studied in our evening Bible studies, the idea of uh, making someone, in this case, the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Holy One, the one to whom all dominion and power belongs to, making him just be a common uh, uh, usurper and a, and a criminal and a false teacher. And so they blaspheme Christ. Uh, Christ is put before the Sanhedrin, the 70 of the top leaders in the Jewish council. And uh, you know the story, but read it carefully. It's a short section. Luke 22, verses 54 through 71 is our New Testament reading. And then for one another, as I told you this week, we're going, going to continue to look at the command to love one another. And we're going to look at that command in light of its context to see uh, why and how and the motivations behind it. And in this case, I want to remind you from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, that to love one another is a sign of your new life in Christ. Love one another as a sign or as evidence or as fruit of your new life in Christ. So important that we understand that. Let me read the passage for you in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. You've heard that. I'm sure some of you growing up in church have sung that in one way or another. That is such a familiar verse. But listen carefully to what it says. There's something about the quality, the quality of love that the Bible says is a sign and an evidence that you are in right relationship with God. Whoever loves has been born of God. A lot of non-Christians have a kind of love, a certain kind of love, a love that stops at a certain place. But Jesus calls us to love as He loved, which is all the way if it costs us everything, even to people that we may not know personally for the cause of the gospel, for the cause of Christ. So many missionaries have given their lives as an example of this verse, laying down their lives for those they want to reach with the gospel. Just one example, the extreme kind of motivation of being rightly related to God as God sheds his love abroad in our hearts, the Bible says, and it's evidence of our faith in Christ. A chapter earlier, I just thought it was worth reading here in chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. It says, this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, to love one another, just as he commanded. We looked at that before. Verse 24 says, whoever keeps his commandment abides in God. There's a connection, an organic relationship with God. 
and God is in him. Real love is an evidence of God being in you. And by this, we know that he abides in us, the spirit whom he's given us. So the spirit of God in our lives, the change with our relationship with God drives us to love other people. When you see that, you should be heartened. There should be assurance that you are in God. God is in you and that you have that relationship because you're seeing that kind of sacrificial love come out of your life. So today, love one another. Lots of motivations for that as we'll see and as we have seen, but I want you to love one another because it is a sign of your new life in Christ. So be sure to subscribe and comment. That's always an encouragement to me. And we'll see you back here tomorrow as we continue to read through the Old and New Testaments every single year.